actually have a story of a little girl that I get to share. And it, to me, it just encompasses what we're able to provide to these kids by allowing them to have their own space to come in and do their own shopping and have that ownership and empowerment. So this was pre-COVID when our guests got to come inside our facility. Uh, but I, we had a little girl, she was probably seven, and she came in, she did her shopping, her bag was full of food. And she walked up to my mom, who was actually serving in Kids Corner that day, and she said to my mom, this is my favorite place in the whole world. Welcome to Cascade Views, a discussion with Central Oregon leaders. Your host is Michael Seip, local business and community leader, best-selling author of The Avada Principle, and candidate for Oregon State Representative for House District 53, which encompasses Southern Redmond, Sisters, Tumalo, and Northern Bend. The purpose of these discussions is to share the views and insights of local leaders from a variety of community sectors on a range of timely and important regional and state issues. With that, now here is your host, Michael Seip. Thanks for joining us on Cascade Views. My name is Michael Seip and I'll be your host. My guest today is Renee Staley. Renee is the Executive Director of The Giving Plate. In my view, The Giving Plate is one of the most heroic organizations in Central Oregon. It's the largest food pantry in Central Oregon, serving about 2,700 people a month. Since opening in 2010, The Giving Plate has helped 76,000 families with a week's worth of food equating to about 5.75 million pounds of food. That's incredible. You can learn more about The Giving Plate at thegivingplate.org. This organization has an awesome backstory and an exciting future. So let's get right to it and discover some more. Renee, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. I'm so grateful to be here with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I, I want our listeners to get a great understanding of The Giving Plate and all that you do. So let's just start with the wonderful story of how the organization came to be. Perfect. So the Giving Plate story is very personal to me because it actually starts with my own family story. And after the 2008 recession, uh, my parents, my husband and I, we were all impacted. We lost our homes and I was pregnant with my second child and renting a house with my mom as we both were trying to get our feet back under us. And it was in this season that we were actually volunteering with another organization in, in town called the Shepherd's House. And we were just noticing a lot of food just going to waste, but also realizing so many people around us were struggling, people who never thought they'd be the face of hunger or the face of need. In fact, we never imagined ourselves there. So it was a really humbling time for our family. My mom just happened to get a settlement from, from an air seat blowing out on a missions trip in Mexico. And it was a small settlement, but she, her heart was stirred by God. And she just thought, you know, what if we could start a little mom and pop food pantry and help a few people? And 
our big audacious goal was what if we could help 500 families? And it really, literally, Mike felt like such a mountain before us because we had so little to give except our willingness to go and try. And so we started with a step of faith and a little bit of money. And we actually started with a couple cans of tuna and a couple loaves of bread on empty shelves. And we prayed over them and opened our doors and uh, have never had to close them since. And God has been multiplying and positioning us in incredible ways over the years. We became the fastest growing food pantry in Central Oregon. We're now the largest food pantry in Central Oregon, serving Deschutes, Jefferson, and Crook counties. And so we never would have thought we would be where we are today. But I think because we are the face of our guests, we really understand, and it's very close to our hearts, um, this issue of food insecurity and that there shouldn't be any shame around the fact that someone needs food because that is a connector for all humans on this planet is we all need nourishment and we all deserve to be without feeling shame about that. Well, there's got to be some key milestones. I mean, you didn't just go from a couple of cans of tuna to mm-hmm. 76,000 families uh, and, and you know, millions and millions of pounds of food. I mean, what an extraordinary uh, accomplishment. So what, what are some of the key milestones along the way? Yeah, there's definitely a journey in that story. Um, so we started in 2010. And I would say from 2010 to 2016, we were in the zone of living by faith at, with the organization. It what we are an early nonprofit and when you're a young nonprofit, you're not on people's radars and they're a little skeptical of if you're legit and if you're really going to use the money the way they say or you're really going to sustain and be around and it took us a long time to begin to get the support of our community. And so those early years, those first six years were a monthly just prayer of, Lord, give us enough to get by. We didn't take salaries. It just all went back into feeding the growing number of people who were coming to us for help um, and trying to keep up with that need, but just, just keep ahead of the cost to do that. And then 2016 was a real pivotal year for us. My parents actually have a lot of, both of them have health issues that they're dealing with and have been since, well, actually pre-starting the giving plate. So that year they had tried to pass the baton of leadership off to someone else. And by September that year, the baton was passed back and that person left the organization. And as a family, we had to step back in and we weren't sure if the organization would survive through the end of the year, but it was coming up to the holiday months. And historically that last quarter of the year is always the busiest time for us. And our, our bank accounts uh, were negative when we took back over And we prayed and we said, Lord, if you want this organization to continue, you'll make it clear by the end of this year. And then we'll know what to do for 2017. Mike, by the end of that year, we ended the year better than we've ever ended a year. We had 
$35,000 in the bank account. And I still remember crying with my mom, like, how is this even possible in three months? How did we go from nothing and thinking we'd have to close our doors to $35,000 in the bank? And from that point on, God has just been doing incredible things through our organization. And I use him a lot because I see him at the front of everything we do. We are faith founded, but we do not push our faith on anyone. It's not part of the services of the giving plate, but he is the one that I look to for my vision and leadership for the organization. So he just has been opening doors since in 2017. My mom had a 3 a.m. download for starting a kid's food pantry. And within a week, we had that going. And then 2018, we took over Backpacks for Bend. And and that was an unstrategic yet very strategic move. It wasn't something we were planning to do, but it was the right fit for what we do. And then 2019, just our vision for the future really began to get clear. We knew we needed more space. And I really began to pray over that a lot and had some had some real clear pictures come to my heart for the future. And then 2020, 2020, it was a hard year, but it positioned us for where we are today, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, I remember, I don't know if you do, I remember that conversation in Barnes & Noble um, back in, I think it was 2019, where yeah, it was. you were envisioning the, the next step and the new facility, and it was a, it was a really amazing conversation. So it's, it's been wonderful to watch this unfold. But I think that um, people are going to be surprised to learn about who your clients actually are. So what are some of the myths and misconceptions and What's the reality of the clientele that you serve? Yeah, that is a really good question. And I would say one of the key myths that people have about the work the Giving Plate does in Central Oregon is that we are there to serve the need of our unhoused community members. And I will say we do serve them and we serve them with equal compassion and dignity but they're not our major clientele. They're not the majority of our guests. In fact, they just make up about 15% of those we're serving. 85% or more of those we're serving are actually housed, Mike. They are working. They have income coming in. I just would say they're the working poor. They don't have a a bank account with a lot of money that they can lean into when life's curves balls come and hit them. And curveballs hit all of us. It doesn't matter who we are, they come. And the difference is some of us have some money set aside to withstand them. But so many people don't have large reserves. And so they're left in limbo and just living paycheck to paycheck and we are serving a lot of incredible, hardworking individuals. And I really believe that the giving plates in a place of preventing homelessness, that we're able to come alongside and give people hundreds of dollars worth of groceries at no cost. And they can take that money and put gas in their car and get to work or pay for the electric or the water. 
and then continue to um, move forward and not slide that slippery slope into houselessness. It's amazing how interconnected all of this is. I, I hadn't actually thought about the uh, the impact of being able to to save money on groceries through your services and be able to shift into other absolutely essential things like here in the winter, like paying the heat bill or whatever that might be. So what do you see as the, the magnitude of the problem? I mean, is this a, is this a big clientele, a, a, a growing problem? What, what do you see as the magnitude? Well, that is an interesting question. And right now there is a question mark over that just because we're in such an uncertain time. And it's such a hard time to really assess what the magnitude is because of the layers of things going on. I will say up to the beginning of 2020, we were experiencing steady growth year after year after year. And then 2020 hit and it just spiked. Um, and then we have seen that settle um, out, but now we're starting to see that increase again. And I was actually looking at some numbers um, because January of this year, we helped 716 households in our grocery program and 998 kids in our kids corner program. And in 2021, that was 680 households and 923. So we're starting to see that uptick again. Um, but 10% and this is 2019's numbers. So from uh, Feeding America. So this is out, out of date. This is higher, but I don't have outside of our own statistics uh, anything more current. But 10% overall food insecurity in Deschutes County overall. But children are always higher, Mike. 14% of children in our community are food insecure as of 2019's numbers. And that is part of why at The Giving Plate, we are so passionate about kids and kids are 60% of those we serve as an organization. But it is a big problem and we're committed to being at the front of the lines and not just fighting hunger, but feeding hope and ensuring the hearts of our guests are served and nourished as well. That's why I think the Giving Plate is one of the single most heroic organizations in Central Oregon, exactly for that reason. Um, let's go to a topic I've been really excited for everyone to hear about. I think this is a good time for it um, because it addresses some of the issues that you've talked about already, um, but it moves it into a whole different game. So I just had the honor of attending the dedication of your new facility, and that is a big milestone. So tell us all about it. Yes, this is an exciting thing. <laughs> it's been a conversation for more space for since 2017. And because of the generosity of our community in 2020, we were positioned in 2021 to act quickly on an 11,100 square foot building right in the center of Bend, where we will be able to bring all of our food under one roof because currently we're spread out all over town. We've, we're in multiple locations. Our programs are operated out of multiple locations. Um, and so we get to bring all that under one roof. And not only that, we get to improve the way we serve our guests and we are gonna be creating 
a really beautiful, welcoming community store where our guests get to walk in and have a shopping experience and get their own groceries, just like we do when we go to the grocery store. And then we'll have that same experience for children. They'll have their own store to go in and do their shopping. And so I am thrilled about this because this really encompasses the second half of our mission, which is to serve our guests with compassion and hospitality. And so it's a really exciting time. And I I tell people we're at a point right now where we are reimagining what food relief looks like. And it doesn't have to look like what we've always envisioned it. It can be a very uh, purposeful and there can be a lot of dignity in it. It doesn't have to be a shameful thing. And so we're we're on the brink of that and it's an exciting time. Renee, that is so cool about the, the kids store. Um, that's gotta be so impactful for the kids and so empowering for them. And it's gotta be, um, it's gotta be really meaningful for you and the Giving Plate staff as well to have the kids be able to come in and select their own things. Yeah, it's a very special part of our program. And I actually have a story of a little girl that I get to share. And to me, it just encompasses what we're able to provide to these kids by allowing them to have their own space to come in and do their own shopping and have that ownership and empowerment. So this was pre-COVID when our guests got to come inside our facility. But we had a little girl, she was probably seven, and she came in, she did her shopping, her bag was full of food, and she walked up to my mom, who was actually serving in Kids Corner that day, and she said to my mom, this is my favorite place in the whole world, and my mom was taken aback, and she said, really, honey, well, what is that? And she goes, because you give us food, and my mom actually got that on video she asked her to say it again and tell her again because and then shared it with me later and I've saved that video of that little girl and it has really changed how I view what we're doing for a child especially to be food insecure is scary it's scary for anyone to be food insecure but a child can't change their story and when we're allowing these kids to have ownership and come in and select the food they want they're empowered and it's safe. It And for this little girl, it was one of the places she looked forward to coming to the most. And so when I tell people we're not just fighting hunger, we're feeding hope. It really is true because these children, they're fed hope. They're fed security in an area that is a really scary place to be insecure around food. That I just... I just can't even imagine what some of these kids in our community are facing and dealing with. And it's heartbreaking to think that there are any kids that are experiencing hunger. And Mike, there are. It's more than we we want to know. But Kids Corner and our kids programs are very special. And they really set us apart from other pantries out there. We've actually not found this model anywhere in the nation, actually, um, for a kid's food pantry. You know, you're right. The the food insecurity for kids is heartbreaking and the work that you're doing is heartwarming. It's, it's amazing. I'm so impressed with everything that you do. How can we help? How can, 
those that are listening right now, how can we get uh, get behind you and support what you're up to? There's lots of different ways to get behind the work of the Giving Plate. So you could start by donating time. We have ways for volunteering. We have a very small staff and we operate off of a lot of people generously donating time. And then you can donate food. Yeah, we are able to meet the need of food in our community because of people donating food. And that is a huge part of our program. And then you can donate funds. Yeah, so there, that can be by check in the mail or there's a place online where you can partner with us by giving of your finances. And then help share the story, just be a voice. The more people are out there sharing about food insecurity and breaking those stigmas and those false perceptions of what hunger means, that helps because there is still a lot of people who have a misconception about what would solve food insecurity, that people just need to go get a job or they just... um, need to get off the streets and that it's just not the case. So we need people out there just being a voice and being an advocate on behalf of their neighbors in need. Renee, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I've, I have several takeaways. One is what you were mentioning there, the, the myths and misconceptions about who your clients are and the, and the issue of how interrelated the cost of food and meeting the costs of of other things in life, um, how those things are related and how your help with food is enabling people to meet other obligations and and how you're actually helping to prevent homelessness through that. I think that's um, that's amazing. Um, and the kids corner and, and the kids store that you're putting in the new facility. What heartwarming stories. I really appreciate your time and your message today. Thank you again, Mike, for the opportunity to be with you today and just help share the work the Giving Plate's doing. I really appreciate it. You bet. My guest today has been Renee Staley. You can learn more about Renee and the Giving Plate at thegivingplate.org. That's thegivingplate.org. Go online, learn more about it, and then pitch in and help the kids and help those that the Giving Plate is serving so nobly. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Cascade Views with Michael Seip. To find out more about Mike, the upcoming election, the key issues he's focused on, and his campaign to represent Central Oregon and Salem as a state representative, visit www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. That's www.avoiceforcentraloregon.com. You can get your own copy of Michael Seip's best-selling book, The Avada Principle, at Amazon.com. And finally, please vote in the upcoming election. Your voice matters.